Howdy, yokes. Before we get started today, we want to let you know that this episode of Bacon and Eggs is brought to you by our wonderful friends over on Patreon. Now, when I say friends, I don't mean the employees at Patreon. I mean the patrons who support this show. You see, like there me. are people out there who, who voluntarily give their money to this show to help two friends pay their bills and, and like live me. their lives. Now, it's certainly something that we only want you to do if you are able to and, and have the means to, but it's a wonderful voluntary subscription service where you can support this show. And if you get some value out of it, we hope that we can provide some value back to you in the form of some great Patreon perks like early unedited ep episodes, uh, uh, bonus episodes every single week, uh, uh, access to our Discord server, a bunch of really cool stuff. So if any of that sounds appealing to you, then maybe head over to patreon.com slash bacon and eggs. Check out the great reward tiers we have over there. Thanks. Bye. Howdy, Yokes, and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. I'm Tyler Carlin. Um, I don't have the script open, but I'm Ethan Edgehill. And today we're 7,000 years old. Or maybe we're just in a flashback. So you're not allowed to interfere. Unless there are deviants. Because today we're bringing you... Etern... Just... Just Eternals. It's written The Eternals. It's just Eternals, Tyler. Just... I think it's... I thought it was like Marvel Presents The Eternals or something. Uh, Is no, just... that would make it easier to search places. Ah. Ah. Uh... Well, Eternals was directed by Chloe Zhao, came out on November 5th, 2021, five days ago, had a $200 million budget, and I do want to quickly just compare that to Chloe Zhao's Oscar-winning Nomadland, which had a $5 million budget, so an extra $195 million for this project. Uh, so far, has made $166.3 million at the box office, got a 46% critic rating and an 80% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 52 on Metacritic. This is currently the lowest-rated Marvel movie, but we're joined this week by Ethan and I's good friend, longtime friend, former college classmate, we had a class together, Jim Swindell! We we did. We had Italian together, although you we don't did. remember much of it because you slept a lot. I just I don't remember show up a lot. <laughs> I don't remember much of it because I didn't practice after college. So, but I have seen. I have seen the professora. Uh, is that Spanish or is that Italian? I don't know. I saw. I've seen the professor several times. In I, I uh, following that class, took Italian three more times. Uh, I speak the third most Italian. I, I, I think you don't. I think you probably speak the most Italian. Like I said, <laughs> yeah. third most. Third, third most. Bonjourno. Like, hey guys, thanks for having me back on the on the pod. I'm really excited to to dig deep into this one. I you, I'm already upset a lot. As also, if you're watching this on the video, take a look at my nice mountain of clothes. These are clean, unfolded laundry that I have here. Ethan made a comment about it when we first got on the Zoom call. I want you to know that I'm a human being just like you. Well, I made a comment. I made a laundry. comment about it. I don't care if you're a human being. I made a comment about it because you were giving me crap for being late while you didn't do the script Ethan and didn't clean your setup. Ethan slaughtered a lamb. I did not. My showing started late lamb. and this movie, it never ended ever. This movie ended way too soon. I could have watched it for another 10 hours. Longest Let's movie I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, I want to hear some negative and positive Rotten Tomatoes critics reviews, Ethan. What do you cool. got for I got a negative review here from Richard side. Brody of The New Yorker who says, Regardless of Shouse and Marvel's intentions, Eternals is a parade of faces without experience. A movie that reaches back and forth through history and comes back empty-handed. Boo. Boo. I don't like Richard Brody, although I do see where he's coming from here. But um, I think he just wanted to write a negative review because he saw this movie and he was like, this is going to get negative reviews and I want to be on the the popular side of this is how I feel about that review. 
Uh, Ian Simmons from Kicking the Seat, which is the first positive review, and it's somebody I've never heard of and is not a top critic, so I'm not super thrilled about that. Uh, says the long and short of it is that, yes, Eternals is a colossal bore for those lacking patience, heart, and imagination. Four out of five. Boom! Ian Simmons from Kicking the Seat. What a great reviewer, great website. This episode is brought to you by Ian Simmons of KickingTheSeat.com. Ian Simmons, the most... smarter than you. That's the most backhanded compliment I've ever seen. <laughs> like, oh, it's awful, but it's a four out of five, I guess. No, he doesn't say it's awful. He says you're awful if you think it's a colossal bore. Oh, I misinterpreted. It sounded very backhanded to me. Oh, um, yeah. I would read you some Discord reviews, but another thing that Tyler didn't do while he was uh, giving <laughs> me grief for showing up late was ask for scores in any way whatsoever for this movie on Discord or Facebook, which is his <laughs> one job in the week leading up to the movie. <laughs> Did you slaughter I'm a leak? That's what I want. I'm know. weak. Um, in the meantime, James, zero out of one hundred on uh, Eternals. Oof, oof. Ah, this is gonna be the lowest I, one. I guarantee it. I absolutely hated this movie. I'm okay. gonna give it a, a forty. Why forty? Expound on a that. Real forty. Quick. I gotta eat some spaghetti while you're expounding on that. Sure, eat some spaghetti. So about like an hour and a half into the movie, I text Katie and I said. Katie, this movie is really bad. Uh, it's I I I tried my hardest to go into it because I text you guys how long? How See, many I don't like to interrupt go? people in the middle of their reviews, James. And I've I've known and loved you for a very very long time. Um, you just used the word text as the past tense of the verb, and therefore your opinions are relevant. Okay, I sent you. I I when, hate when people I, that I hate people that do that. Okay, that's fine. So when did I message you guys about this episode? Weeks ago, right? Yeah, and I said. I said, if you don't have anyone uh, on the show for Eternals, please keep me in mind. I am hyped for this movie. And Tyler said, come on down. We don't have anyone planned. I don't think we were going to have anyone planned. We'd love to have you. And in the weeks leading up to that, that's when uh, all of these reviews came out, like negative reviews upon negative reviews. And I got to say, none of them are wrong. This was a colossal, oh, lots, lot, hold colossal on. failure. I don't want to interrupt you in the same review twice. A lot of them are wrong. I didn't love this movie the way the way Tyler did, but a lot of the reviews of this movie were written for the wrong reasons. I uh, yeah, I I I'd love to talk more about it later, but I mean, yes, like, we, I'm just, sure we I, will. I'm so I'm 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 incredibly disappointed. However, I will say that it ended on a high note with the end credit scenes. So I that. That's the one part of the movie I liked. Uh, James, I disagree with literally everything you just said. That's one, great. A ton of the reviews are very wrong because they don't like this movie because it's not white or because the only well, two white male characters are in interracial relationships. Or because, or because black because people kiss on openly, screen. Yeah, or there's an openly gay relationship or because both of the white people are evil. That's a lot of the reasons people didn't like this movie. If you didn't sure, like this movie will, because I, you watched it and you didn't like it, Whatever. That's totally fine. If you didn't like the movie for those reasons, you're a shitbag. I'll just come out and say that. Uh, sure. Two, I, agree. I, I, I agree with that. But I, the, like, the that's not the reason scenes. why I didn't like End credit scenes have me more worried than anything else. I thought the CGI on Patton Oswalt as Pip was terrible. Uh, Harry Styles is an unproven actor playing a huge fucking role in he's the MCU. He's not an unproven actor. Is yeah, he not? He's been I don't in, know. He's been in so much. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he got a best actor nomination for Dunkirk. Oh, a Christopher oh, Nolan feature in, film that he was the lead I in. For, I forgot he was in Dunkirk. Okay, so a little less concerned then. I he's think, also not playing but, a huge character. There are no more huge characters. 
We're past the point of huge characters in the MCU. Eros could easily be, it's Thanos' brother. That could easily be a huge character. And from what I understand, he's gonna have a lot to do with Adam Warlock, but I don't know a lot about the comics, especially at this stage, we're really digging into like, nothing prepared you for this. Uh, three, this movie fucking slaps, bro. This was a departure from the typical MCU. Yes, Shang-Chi was fantastic. Point. I would say I where I'm actually. sitting right now, uh, you don't think Shang-Chi was fantastic? No, I don't think that this was that much of a departure. Uh, I do. I think I think where it had to be part of the MCU is its biggest failing point. Um, it's not perfect by any measure. It's not my number one favorite MCU movie. I will say with this movie coming out, I feel like I can rank the phases. And in my mind, it goes phase three, phase four, phase one, phase two. This is my fourth favorite MCU movie that's come out this year. And yeah. Anyway, uh, my score, 91. Man, that's high. <laughs> I'm gonna go it's flat beautiful. 70. This movie's fine. Flat 70. It was fine. Uh, it, made up for, it made up for a lot of wrongs. Cringe. The MCU is committed over the time. Um, but also it relies a lot on like Richard Madden's eyebrow acting. Um, which isn't great. It relies a lot on Angelina Jolie to say things on screen, which isn't great. Um, I didn't have any problem with Angelina. Oh, she was um, awful. She was awful. It was bad acting. Disagreed. I thought she Not did. Unsold I, every time she was on screen. Wait. Angelina Jolie's a bad actress. Like she's a superstar and totally deserves that stardom. Sure. Maybe not deserves. Uh, but she's a bad actress. Like, we've known this. She hasn't acted in a while. Right. She knows this. That's not a positive thought, thing about a movie, though. I thought she was fine with what she was given. It's very, like, I didn't recognize any of the other actors on screen. And then Angelina Jolie would show up and I'd be like, I know exactly who that is. That's Angelina Jolie. She married Brad Pitt. I know her. Uh, now, I know all the other people are from stuff. They're from, like, Game of Thrones and stuff. Yeah. But nothing that I, like, immediately recognize them from. Um. To me, the weakest point was was Richard Madden. Yeah, absolutely. Which uh, I think is an unpopular opinion. A lot of people seem to really like his portrayal of Icarus. I think he had nothing to work with. I mean, yeah, Icarus might just be like a very... I don't know anything about this character outside. I don't know anything about any of the characters outside of uh, this movie. It is very possible that he is just constantly written everywhere as the most bland, boring, milquetoast white guy that's ever white guy in, in all of history. Yeah. Um, and if so, Richard Madden's a perfect character choice. I think here was my issue with Richard Madden the whole time was outside of the MCU and like superhero storytelling over the past five years, this like Superman knockoff turns out to be a bad guy is such a common fucking trope. And I'm so I was bored of it the first time and I'm bored of it right now. Mm hmm. I, I just found the whole movie to be boring. Like, I enjoyed many aspects of the film. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the fact that each Eternal had their own particular skill. I enjoyed that they attempted to show that all of them had different lives that they led and that they were diverged different paths, although they were on very similar trajectories uh, in the beginning uh, when they were created. I enjoyed the fact that, like, they didn't try to beat us over the head with the story in the beginning and it was sort of this haphazard way of like finding out all of the backstory and i was very grateful that they didn't try to go back and you know every time that they reset these characters to say to demonstrate you know their millions of years worth of birthing celestials um that being said i thought some the the, the screenwriting was terrible. I just thought that was the worst part of it. I felt that by 
by having the screenwriting so so bad, the characters were so shallow. We've been able to see how Avengers Endgame and Infinity War, like you don't have to, yes, you're relying on other movies to inform you about these characters, but you don't necessarily need to know those movies to enjoy Hold that on. one. Yes, you do. Yeah, anybody yes, who says you that you don't have to not... watch other movies to watch uh, Infinity War is, is full of crap. No, yeah, you, you no. could not walk in on Infinity War not knowing who Spider-Man is, not knowing who Peter Quill is, not knowing who Iron Man, like you would be so freaking lo- that's one of the great things about infinity war is that you have to be informed and everyone was sure but yeah. the point that i'm trying to make is that it's while they can get away with they can get away with sort of the fast pace nature of it this movie was neither fast and nor was it did it describe many of the characters very well to the point that where we were able to say oh i know enough about them to understand the motivations behind someone stabbing someone in the back or anything like that. Like I just felt everything was so shallow. And so, I mean, the, the villain itself, while I, I called a misdirect or very early in the film, like, Oh, the deviants aren't really going to be the big bad of the film. It's going to be something else. I, I, I still felt that even the, the villain, that they tried to portray on, on screen with Bill Skarsgård was poorly written too. Like there was no, absolutely no motivation other than the fact that you were set on planet earth, you know, millions of years ago by, you know, the same being that created the Eternals. I just felt everything was just so glossed over that by the time we got to the end, I was like, I didn't learn anything about anyone or the story for that matter. I don't think you watched the movie. Jamie. Yeah, it was neither fast oh. nor was it paced, honestly. Um, but I do kind of disagree with you on a couple things there. The, the chief thing I thought was going to be wrong with this movie was that we were not going to get um, enough of the non-lead characters, right? And I, I truly think they did a very good job of showing me the different skills, the different lives, the different backstories. I would have loved to have learned more about some of the characters for sure. It's a two and a half hour movie, though. Like, this is, I feel the same way about it as I did with Dune, that I still don't really know who Paul Atreides is at the end of Dune. Um... And that Dune was, was a that comparison was, I wanted to make as well. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I honestly, I think they did a really good job. And it's one of those things where like, I just read all four Twilight books, right? I can't stand Edward Cullen or Bella Swan. Um, I live for the support cast. So I, I feel the same way about this movie. I think that um, everybody like I'm, Athena is not my favorite. Um, everybody outside of Cersei and, and Icarus, I thought did a fantastic job. They were, they were written well enough. They were uh, portrayed by interesting characters. Anytime Kumail Nagiani was on screen, it was fantastic. Um, he, he was almost too much of a personality where like, which should never be like the case, some, though. Right. But I feel like some of the other characters who had more subdued like characters and were not actors who had been in, you know, Camille Nan- Nanjiami is a, is a comedian. He's been in some big stuff. Um, I feel like a lot of the other actors, if they, they, if they didn't have enough presence, they were easily overshadowed by how fantastic this portrayal was. I also think you can see very clearly watching the movie that like him and Gemma Chan did the most work preparing for these roles. Sure. It was an absolute way. Of Selma Hayek, it was an absolute waste. Disagree. Selma Hayek was fantastic. She was, but she's on screen for five minutes in the movie. I would yeah. watch, switch them, switch them. Selma Hayek can play Athena, and Angelina Jolie can play Ajax, and it's a better movie. <laughs> I promise Disagree. you. It's a better movie. I promise you. Um, Waste of Kid Harrington. Waste of Bill Skarsgård. Who's Bill Skarsgård? He played the. Um, he was the 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 deviant. He was the bad deviant. Guy. The one that had no oh, backstory, had no motivation had no, whatsoever. No, no backstory, motivation. Yeah. Nothing. He was just I there. That was going to be something we had to visit later on down the line. The deviants. You could cut the deviants out of this movie entirely. Entirely. Yeah. And the the idea that um, so, so I I appreciate 
the the performance. Uh, can you pronounce his name? I'm sorry, I for, I get it wrong every time. Is it Camille? Kumail Nanjiani. Kumail Nanjiani. Sorry, I, I get it wrong every time. You're I just good. want to be corrected. Um, his 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 character was the closest thing to like Marvel humor that was in this movie, and I gotta agree with Tyler that they tried to they tried to break the mold a little bit, and I felt that they were extremely unsuccessful. Like if they wanted to break the mold, fine, I'm happy with that. But I, I didn't feel that this did anything other than set up another Eternals film. It might have. See, I disagree. I feel like you come in, if you look at the trajectory of Marvel over the the whole thing, right? Sure. James Gunn is the first to break the mold, right? Like John Favreau comes in, does Iron Man, and then they just make that like 10 times. And then James Gunn comes in and does Guardians of the Galaxy and is like, these things can be funny. Uh And then uh, other things happen. um, And then we do Thor Ragnarok and Taika Waititi is like, these things can be very like film festival funny. Fantastic. Love it. Right. And then Shang-Chi comes around and we go back to the James Gunn thing, which there is no Shang-Chi slander on this channel amazing movie it's great Chloe Zhao coming in and doing a Marvel movie that is genuinely gorgeous I think (laughs) mostly I think it's beautiful off of green screen uh it's around parts of the world we haven't explored yet I don't know I I really like that factor to it I do think the deviants not super necessary in like the modern act I think you had to have them to explain like we've been on this earth for 7,000 years and we slayed the deviants like that has to be there because if you're gonna say they've been on the earth for 7,000 years they need like a reason to have come here and a reason they weren't involved yeah I um I I I felt though at times like so the way that they tried to demonstrate something lasting that long and having such an impact on on these character arcs right for to demonstrate that there was like thousands years long romance between two characters was that ha- portray them having sex on screen like I can see why so many people were just like this is totally unnecessary and like I'm not listen I I'm I'm not I'm not slut shaming anyone I'm not sex shaming anyone I I. The, I don't I'm think Cersei fought. was a slut. I don't think anybody. No, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. She you probably owned one dude in thousand years. <laughs> Five thousand years. No, I, 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 I don't want you to get the impression that I'm not sex positive. But for for a no, I, I a, to demonstrate as you know a, thousands of years romance. Uh, by having this sort of cheesy lovemaking moment on screen, which I mean, I thought was sort of beautiful in the sense that it wasn't this like stereotypical rip your clothes off type of deal like that we see in most films. I I, I just didn't. Yeah, it was like a I fade from black it. sex scene, which is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was something. I, I didn't think much of the sex scene. I'd say there were parts of this movie I didn't like or haven't thought much about since it ended uh, that like whatever it happened the sex scene like will that affect whether or not i i want to watch this movie with my kids as young as possible i don't think so not really um yeah. well, i have kids yeah. but like i can't see it being like yeah i don't i don't think it'll be an issue like i'll still watch it with them uh yeah so you i don't could know show and them then, network like, tv it'd be fine right and then like for me being 28 I'm not bothered by there being a sex scene like I know it's I have kids I know what sex is like <laughs> certainly not bothered the- by it I just thought I just thought it was the, it was it was like a really cheap device to use to yeah. demonstrate that they I were I, such, yeah. so in love I think I think what happened there is Chloe Zhao goes to Kevin Feige and is like I want to do something bold and he was like cool you can have 
Two men kiss on screen. I love that. Let's absolutely make that happen. And she was like, I want that, but I also want a sex scene. And he was like, I don't know that that's necessary, but uh, sure, I guess. <laughs> this movie... <laughs> This movie felt to me like the uh, the bastard love child of of like James Gunn and Zack Snyder. Like it, it felt like they were like, you know what would you know what was cool? Guardians of the Galaxy. You know what else is cool? Justice League. Let's bring Everybody. some Justice League into the MCU. In fact, let's name Superman in the MCU. Let's name just Batman too. Let's just decide that Superman is Marvel canon. <laughs> like the concept of Superman. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. And, and Batman as well. And Star and Wars. That was a little, that was a little well, on the Star nose Wars too. Is fine. Because Star the Wars. Kid... Star Wars. Uh, real quick, I want to interrupt. Star Wars sure. is actually canon in the MCU now, not as like a uh, concept like these movies exist or this story exists. In what if they go to Mustafar? Do they? Yeah. Like by name? Uh, they are plummeting through like portals. And one of like you remember in Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy when they're like jumping through little spots? Yeah. They're they're like plummeting through, I guess, universes, and one of the ones that they go through is obviously Mustafar. I didn't see that. I'm gonna have to go back and look and watch it. Interesting. Because there's literally like he's reading a Star Wars book at the dinner table. Yeah, and he movie. calls him super he calls him Superman in yeah. their interaction. He said that Superman was on TV. He had yeah. a cape and everything. And he says, I don't wear a cape. Yeah, so when Icarus goes into the house, he picks up a, a, a uh awkwardly picks up a Star Wars book. Like it says Star Wars on the cover. Uh, it was a, a it, wild. It was just it, a wild it, play. It. This I like. I don't want to. I don't want to feel like I hated this movie, right? Because like, I truly didn't. I thought it was fine, right? I don't. I, I wouldn't stop somebody from seeing it. I wouldn't like recommend somebody see it. I guess. And like, I mean, it's part of the MCU. Um, I don't think it's a particularly like. I don't feel like it added much. I, I feel like it more opened doors that I'm not interested in. Um, so I was kind of really, really looking forward to not having like Thanos level events for a little while. Uh, that's not gonna happen. And they were like, no, we're gonna rip a person out of the center of the earth and then kill him. Turn him to stone. Um, which I, I thought they were turning him to to like a snowy mountain. He looks yeah, like ice know. to me. Yeah. yeah. But the movie's it, it feels like it was just made by like for for a movie. Movie directed by a, an Oscar-winning director for like art films. It feels like it was a movie made by committee. It could have been. I mean, well, it, it absolutely could have been. They had six shooting units and ten visual effects studios working on this movie. Ten. They were like, "Oh, Industrial Light and Magic, which we own, is not good enough. We also need to employ Weta and every other visual effects studio on the planet." Well, I think you also. And I think have that shows. Like, I really you do. Also have to, to to take into effect or or account or whatever that like I actually I have no idea when this was filmed but I would assume the pandemic got in the way of this at least somewhat like Probably. even if they filmed it prior to the pandemic maybe they got 10 studios because they needed 10 studios well yeah I, I'm not doubting that they needed 10 studios but I, I'm just saying that I think it, it comes across I thought the visual effects in this movie were all right there there were some scenes where I, I don't could think they well. see that they cut it uh, the, uh, there were some scenes where I could clearly see that they they cut it at a weird spot in like their filming. Like they would they would go from shot to shot in some interactions. And I'm like, whoa, what the hell just happened? Like, um, I, I don't know. I I and, and not to sound too tropey because I, I I feel like what I'm about to say is the equivalent of like an American Idol judge saying that you were too pitchy. But like, for the sake of just explaining how I feel about it, I feel like the this movie sort of dragged under the weight of its own seriousness. Like it was a movie that's not supposed to be too serious, but they wanted to treat it so seriously that it just it felt silly. Like, I do feel like they could have given this story like three stages, like three acts to be like this first movie. We're going to introduce you to these characters. They'll have like a 
regular level of because I do feel like at the end when they were like, oh, by the way, there's a celestial inside the yeah. Earth. I was like, okay, let's. That seems a bit serious. Let's dial it. But maybe we set that story up, and two movies from now we address that. Right. Problem. We introduce Crow, which is uh, the the um the deviant boss guy. We introduce him at the end of this movie, right? Like he gets his speech powers. Like the last scene is like him talking for the first time. They're like, oh shit, and then that's the character. He's literally like, oh shit, I can talk. And then fade to black or cut to black, and then uh, you know, we get another movie. I would take three movies of this. I I loved the interaction between the characters. Um, well, I, I think you're gonna. I think you're gonna get three. And I have I have no doubt that the next one is gonna be probably better in every way. I do think killing off Gilgamesh was a was a crime. Was Poor a choice. Move. Yeah, yeah. Gilgamesh I, was I, awesome. I, Gilgamesh I was Gilgamesh. awesome. Oh. It would have been cooler if it was a show, too. I, I think the, the criticism that, like, this would have worked insanely well as a show yeah. uh, is has been loud and clear. Yeah, uh, I, I would have much rather had a show because at that point, the pace that they took it, it would have just it, it wouldn't have felt like we had to achieve everything in one sit. We could actually come back and revisit. And I don't know if they did a weekly release like they're doing on Disney Plus. They could they, they could do that. They could, that motion where they move forward and then you have to go back just enough to revisit something from the previous episode in order to move, you know, and to move forward again. And I, I feel like that would have been incredibly helpful for, for the char- of- character building for the, for the, I don't know, for everything. I think we also had a bunch of like, I keep going back to game of Thrones. Cause I think that's where a lot of these people are from. I have no idea. Uh, but you have a bunch of actors who are like from big budget TV shows that I feel like I don't think the transition from TV to movie is always as smooth as as people think it is. I do want to talk about characters real quick. The character I think I was most excited about, having knowing nothing about any of them, but just looking at the posters and being like, mm, that looks like a cool character, was Sprite. Uh, give me your take on Sprite in the movie. I think that she was the most mishandled. I would agree again because of the third act where they yeah. were like they have that moment where Camille Nanjiami is like oh yeah you love Icarus which I like they explain it through Peter Pan in such a way that I was like I can't follow who you said who was who one of them's Wendy one of them's the Lost Boys I don't remember who you said she loved and then at the end she like runs off with Icarus as like I'll do anything to to support you and I was like yeah. I wasn't sold that you loved him at all her her story yeah. of you know is in love with a guy who will never look at her because she was born in a mortal child in a world of adults and just wants to be human for five minutes is a very interesting story that just wasn't told. I don't think you have to explain. I don't think you have to have her be in love with Icarus. I don't think you do that story to be told. I think a 7000 year old person is stuck at 15 years old is an interesting enough story. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, But unfortunately, unfortunately, all sorts of stuff. And this is the issue with this entire movie for me as from a storytelling perspective it was love the whole time everything was yeah i uh, everything tell me was gilgamesh and Thena, were they like a romantic item i believe so no. and they were the only ones i cared about i see i thought that was like a romance is the wrong word but like platonic romance like these are two people who deeply love and care for each other in I, like a like a familial way i think you can and should take it that way i don't think it was intended that way Ah. Yeah, I someone someone was saying that uh, their impression, a coworker of mine said that their impression was that they didn't understand how they were family, not not because they were not because they were of 
different genders and races and creeds and all of that, like and sexualities, like none of that was was the case. She just said it, the impression that they were family didn't come across on the screen in a way that I would have expected, given that they were throwing family around the whole time. At most, they were just like close coworkers. See, I would so the fact the the, the 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 reverse would be true in that, like, I don't understand how you all are romantic. You're family. <laughs> Yeah, and that's the other thing too is that like there's there's so many love triangles. There's so many. This person is with this person, but then there's also some feelings for that person, and it, it, it all just sort of gets caught up in like you were saying, like oh my god, by the end of the sh- of the show, by the end of the, the the movie, I don't know who is what anymore, and I'm deeply confused about what's going on. Well, this is and the thing. Is, the, oh, sorry, go ahead. I thought you were. No, I was just I was just gonna say, and suddenly there's a giant rock in the middle of the ocean. So they definitely the, the the screen excuse me the screenwriters definitely uh, thought to pair everybody off except for uh, Ajax and Sprite who I guess both had secrets or whatever because like uh, uh, Cersei and Icarus are together and Druig and um, Makari are together and uh, Athena and I guess I'm, there's so many names this is the problem I had with this concept is there's so many names it's just Athena I said Athena correct she she makes that comment in the in the movie too making it's not that Athena. comment. Making that comment uh, in the movie, like two weeks after Mark Zuckerberg re rebrands Facebook, is hilarious. Which is like, drop the uh. It's just Thena. It's just Thena. Just Thena. Um, but yeah, uh, so they're all paired off except for for uh, Sprite and Ajax. But yeah, I I just don't I don't buy it. Right? Like I never I never bought them as romantic partners. And I also never bought them as family. When I I real I really feel like if you're together for. 5,000 years, like as one contiguous unit before you decide to go off in your separate ways. Like, I feel like the, the, the twain should, should meet, right? Like your, your, your romantic relationship and your platonic relationship should, should come to a point at some point, right? Like to the point where you're just like, this is, these are my people. We've been together for 5,000 years. Also in like a significantly lonely sort of way. Yeah. Like there is nobody, like it's not that we've been together for 7,000 years and nobody else or like, and, and, and there were other people who were there, but this was my crew. We were the only people around that right. long. There's some trees that made it, but that's it. I did see, I just, I want to talk about the 5,000 years thing for a second. I saw one hilarious uh, tweet exchange that was like, well, it's so weird that they all had different accents. Like, they wouldn't have those different accents, you know, if, if they're all supposed to be from the same place. And then another person responded just like, yeah, they made the accents, dog. Like, people sound like that because of them, not the other way around. I did like how they, they intertwined themselves and added to, like, the earth mythos yeah. being like yeah we wrote the story of gilgamesh we wrote the story of icarus uh it all came from sprite oh. who was this like storyteller icarus flying into the fucking sun at the end of the movie on the nose very on the nose <laughs> i didn't think he needed to right yeah. i was like i mean <laughs> and i'm like- and i'm not convinced he's dead i'm not convinced uh, until you show him melting and dying uh, unless you show him like Gollum jumping into the fires of mount doom and physically disintegrating into the lava. I don't believe he's dead. Well, what would happen? I Here's the, I think, I think referencing Superman multiple times in the movie is very on the nose, but it also is like foreshadowing where it's like, 
okay, if Icarus is Superman, then he gets his power from the sun. And they're like, right, like, so him flying into the sun is just going to make him a badder villain down the line. You think Richard Madden's going to turn down that Marvel money? I don't think so. Negative. No, <laughs> well, he, got, no. he got killed he, off after three seasons of Game of Thrones. And he, yeah. he, he saw that Rocket Man money, too. And he was like, well, this is I. But like Marvel money, yeah, I'll take that. Marvel money is money, money. Forgot he was in Rocket Man. He, he was made in Rocket more Man. money doing this than Chloe Zhao spent on <laughs> freaking Nomadland. Oh, Nomadland. <laughs> um, um, I do want to ask you another character. I didn't feel like we got enough of. Maybe I wasn't paying attention earlier on in the movie. Seems like they showed up in the second half. Uh, was Makari? Uh, although every second with Makari on screen. Amazing. Was, she was, was so good. Yeah, fantastic. so so good. Yeah. Um, she didn't say a single word other than one audible scream, and her whole performance was was killer. Like I, I think, and that's the cool part about this movie too was that like yeah, Angelina Jolie like she wasn't given much to work with. I, I'll, I, I don't think necessarily she's a bad act, actor, but also like I don't necessarily think she had much to work with. But actors that portraying fastos and actors portraying makari like took so much made so much out of so little i thought yeah. and were just the best parts of this film well and what i love about lauren ridloff is that like like i loved the way they incorporated sign language into it that it was yeah. just like this is a language people speak and they understand it and that's we're just moving forward Yeah, it was a that. no question that everybody she was with spoke Could, that language spoke sign language yeah perfect she is a genuine deaf actress which is amazing uh, she has been basically the best part of both the movies I've seen her in this year. What, what else was she? Oh, she, was she was in Sound of Metal? She was in Sound of Metal. Yeah. Uh, which was fantastic. Uh, she was the school teacher. Yes, she was. Uh, oh. There's been a whole bunch of stuff. Well, not a whole yeah, bunch I wanted, of stuff. Yeah, I definitely wanted more Macari. I definitely wanted more uh, Fa- Faustus. 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 He, he's Festus. a Faustus, right? He's the, 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 the person who makes Zeus's bolts. Yeah. That's the, yeah. yeah. Sure. Yes. Wanted more him. Wanted more Mercari, wanted more Droog. Droog. Did you want? I, so, Droog have you fantastic. seen the article? Have you seen the article about the actor who, who portrayed Fastos? It's been circulating on Facebook about how he was surprised that they didn't ask him to lose any weight for the role. They said he, he was, uh, Chloe Zhao said, uh, I want to take you as you are. Like, what do you mean you have to lose weight? And he said, for, you know, for a, a black man in, in America to be asked not to change himself but to be himself was sort of the most uh inspirational moment for him and he could figure that many people just like him uh younger you know younger kids and adults would sort of look to that as a a source of inspiration Uh, i i I just it, it just makes the significance of that role that much more meaningful to to see um and i mean and the thing that people were you know sort of rating bomb this because of its diversity uh, is such a shame. I mean, like, so it, I felt like that was the, that was that was the best part of this film was that you got to see a a, a plethora of people just perform the, in an ensemble that was just uniquely diverse and. And it wasn't like, oh, we're going to show you up because we're diverse. Like, they weren't trying to be on the nose. They literally just said, here are some superheroes that represent the best parts of America. And we're they're just going to kick ass the whole time. Like, Well, the best parts and, of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, you know, maybe the, the Bollywood stuff was sort of on the nose. But, like, it, it didn't read to me like it was cheap. Like, it read to me like you were actually featuring some really cool parts of of 
you know, this character and how he intersects with history and time. Also, well, everything think, about Bollywood is on the nose. That's the point of Bollywood. I think, right? yeah, and I think there's a silly sort of like discussion, not even discussion, sort of like sibling rivalry almost between Hollywood and Bollywood to like make these sort of disparaging comments all in good fun. Like, I don't think anything he said was rude in any way. Yeah. Um, I will say on the topic of losing weight for the movie, I did notice that Brian Tyree Henry didn't lose weight, which is like not a, not in any way a negative review. I love that there were heroes of, of a variety of sizes. I do know that like when Kumail Nanjiani was or Nanjiani was cast in this role, there was like pictures circulating of him being absolutely jacked so that he could play a Marvel hero. And so that almost bothers me. Not that like, I mean, whatever, you, you you play a Marvel hero, you get ripped. I'm cool with that. But the fact that like, if anybody at any point said to him like, hey, you need to lose weight and get ripped because you're in a Marvel movie now, that to me seems like, well, that's kind of unfair. You didn't make everybody do that. Like, it's not like his power set required him to be in particularly fantastic shape. Yeah. He has finger guns. But he was also like the like heartthrob of Bollywood. So to me, it was like he got jacked because of the character he is portraying. And yeah. He didn't have to lose weight because of the, the not not because of the character he was playing. He just it was just not the character he was playing. Yeah, it like wasn't. He, the, it was the character he was playing, not the superhero he was playing. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, he was he was more of a thinker builder versus a, a finger guns heartthrob over time, you know, type of character. And everybody knows if you're fat, you can still think. <laughs> Just like I've always said, I think all the time. No, uh, fortunately, we've been able to say this uh, same sentence about a lot of these Marvel movies recently. But like, I want to make it clear again, as I have about Shang-Chi and as I have about Black Widow, if this is your favorite Marvel movie, hell, if this is your favorite movie ever for any reason, go for it, right? You don't you don't have to listen to us three white dudes talk about misplaced and mishandled storytelling for two hours. If you are any human being that, that felt represented by this movie, if you're, you know, a fat black gay man, if you're uh, Southeast Asian, if you're Indian, if you're Latina, if you're whatever, if you're a, if you're a gay Muslim, if whatever you want, if you saw yourself in this movie and a lot of people, a lot of people saw themselves in this movie possibly for the first time ever that is never going to be a bad thing especially in these movies that are going to be seen by a lot of people and so the, the people that that rate these movies poorly because there's a you know a gay kiss on scene or on on, on screen it's, it's just so stupid at this point like when do we get to move past that crap uh not soon enough not recently, soon enough recently bacon and eggs was signed up for like right-wing propaganda oh my emails. god Yes, and whoever has decided that, that to sign us up to the Bacon and Eggs email address with some some Glenn Youngkin bullshit, please stop. No, it wasn't stop. Glenn Youngkin. I, could, like, I can't handle Glenn Youngkin. I hate that man with a passion. And this is not Bacon and Eggs getting political. This is like, I don't see these awful takes ever, but we got this email from this company called Judicial Watch where like the first paragraph is all about how uh, a local school system in Maryland, which is not where we live, um, is teaching critical race theory which it is definitely not teaching critical race theory to elementary schoolers like it's one thing to teach diversity critical race theory is like a college level course um but they like the last sentence of that is uh the new records include a training course with information about a book called anti-racist baby that includes the youngest that introduces the youngest readers to quote the concept and power of anti-racism unquote and says it's the quote perfect gift for quote ages baby babies to age three unquote as though that is like a bad thing in any way that like teaching children to not be racist is a bad thing i'm not getting political being racist is bad yeah period. and i Tyler, and it is okay I, to I, teach children to not be racist. <laughs> yeah, I, I. So what I what I would really I, I really appreciate you said that because 
I've had this conversation with a, with a few people lately where like, you know, the idea of uh, taking ownership of one's racism is, is really um, sort of diverged into two paths, right? You have people who are um, accepting that a racist behavior exists or that ha- has existed and continues to exist. And that uh, there are a few things that people want you to do. They want you to acknowledge that racism was bad and continues to be bad. Two, they want you to acknowledge that you have played a part in some way, shape, or form in racist behavior. And uh, three, to do your best to be anti-racist in your life. That's that's a lifetime goal to work towards, right? And so, what that is sort of the sort of the one of the central lessons that we're learning throughout our history, and especially now with um, the Black Lives Matter movement and the the sort of the inflection point that we had after George Floyd's passing, um, murder, excuse me. Um, and so, um, but. What others have done is that they have weaponized things like critical race theory to um, put a lot of people on the defensive because they people are inherently good, I think, and they don't necessarily want to feel like they are a bad person. So they don't want to feel bad. So they say, well, I don't want something that's going to make me feel bad. And I don't want that in schools. I think that that's wrong. And I shouldn't feel like a racist. Um, but it's... Uh, I don't know what to tell those people. Like, I, I just know that like what I've, I've managed to learn throughout this process uh, as a 30 something white person um, and to continue to, uh, and I agree with Ethan wholeheartedly about this film and that I, I don't think it's a bad film because of X, Y, or Z reason. One of which is its diversity. I feel like it's diversity. It's his strength that there's so much to learn from this diversity and that uh, this is a, an incredibly important moment in film and history and so for us to say hey we didn't really like the movie however um there's so much value in it despite us bitching about it for as much time that we we sat to watch it you know and um, I, I, I don't want I don't want anyone out there to not feel seen. I don't want a- anyone out there to not feel represented. And I certainly don't want anyone out there to think that um, they don't have allies in in their uh, in their worlds. Because I, I I know that like there's someone that's going to be out there that's going to be struggling, and that this movie might help them see that there is hope for people that look like them that express themselves th- the way that they do, that love the the people that the that they love. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's just a long tangent, but like, I was just greatly appreciative of your comment and how it sort of connected with some of the things that we were all talking about this film. Yeah. And I think, um, one thing I've noticed, especially like with a lot of the films that have come out in the past few years is if a film does not represent me, uh, which is so rare, like films depicting well-to-do white men are a dime a dozen but if a film doesn't represent me i it takes me a minute to like sort of recalibrate and be like oh this wasn't made i mean it was made with me in mind but this wasn't made with me in mind uh and i do feel like that affects my reviews from time to time and this movie i genuinely loved uh one that we have consistently left positive reviews for and i will continue to leave positive reviews for uh, but i when i watch I definitely feel like this wasn't made for me and that's okay is Captain Marvel uh, where like I watch it and I'm like this I'm not supposed to feel like I'll be Iron Man at the end of this movie. That's fine. Right. I love this movie, <laughs> but it's so not for me. Right. I'm um, ready for Captain Marvel to take a next step up when it's the Marvels and we have a Southeast Asian, a black and a white woman together 
as the ensemble. I want them separately, but the fact that we, that's the team we're going to get is so exciting for me. Like, is Kamala Khan's not Southeast Asian. She's Middle Eastern. Kamala Khan is South... Isn't she Indian? Which is Southeast Asian? That's Kamala, South I think Asian. She's, but I think South she's Asian, sorry. Not Indian. I, I don't know. I, uh, I, let, me, read, let me double check. Yeah. I don't know let, who let you're me, talking about, so... Miss Marvel. Oh, my God. I, I don't read a lot of comics. I will tell you this. Uh, the, like, first arc of Miss Marvel from, like, 2015 or something. I don't remember the exact year. It's on my Kindle right here. Um, is fantastic. It's extremely readable, and everyone should read it. And doesn't require, like, a ton of, of outside knowledge about cool. comics. Well, I'm excited in, to be excited Indi- about this in, in, like, May or whatever. In, yeah. Indian American, number one. Indian American. Um, okay, I thought and, Middle East. And number, and number two... Um, we both wrong. I liked... Yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry to the listeners out there. I, I was wrong about someone's race uh, and ethnicity, and that is uh, something I'd like to acknowledge um, because that is an incredible importance. Um, but the Marvel's uh, Avengers video game for several platforms, including PlayStation, which I own it for, um, is not a very good game, but the story was probably the most <laughs> redeeming part of it. Um, I've heard it's not where, good. It's not good, but the story is actually kind of, it's really cool. Um, and uh, it basically, it fo- follows the events of uh, A-Day, which is this Avengers Day that's in San Francisco, where they have a Terrigen, uh, Terrigen engine that's used for the, the floaty spaceship Mabobber thing, the hella ship that they have, and it blows up and it turns people into Inhumans. Uh, and that's the Avengers all break up and go away. And Kamala Khan is faced with the the task of finding all of the Avengers and reassembling them to face AIM, uh, which is, it, it's a cool story. Um, I particularly enjoyed the story of it, but I also uh, particularly love her, her as a character. Um, uh, and that's, what's making me really excited about her show and about her being in the next Captain Marvel film. But to see three, to see three women of, diverse backgrounds um uh, basically lead um the the film is going to be just uh, really cool and it's going to represent so many so many different little girls are out there are going to see themselves as as heroes you know beyond the ones that we've already seen come before them you know so it's just going to bring more more little girls into the fold of feeling like superheroes which is really great um now on the diversity thing, I would like to I would like to say one thing. Um you don't have to put the white people in it. Richard Madden was so bad in this movie. I just <laughs> Just get anybody else to let him be cool, right? It doesn't. It, it doesn't need to be like I get that that we're we're going with the the white dude as a villain for a while, and I think that's important. But like also, it's it's I think been done enough recently that like it's getting a little predictable. You can just not put the white people in. It's totally fine, right? I know. And the, and the question in this one was: Is it Icarus or Druig? Yes. Like the two white guys, right? Yes, it like, is. <laughs> um. Yeah. It's. I mean, Druig definitely fixes himself, and I think he has probably more cause to be to be white than than Icarus does just um based on different myths and and, and legends and stuff but like it doesn't like you don't have they don't have to, they don't have to be there it, they don't have to be there right like they don't have to be Would you there. leave Kid Harrington? Uh sure. He was in it for 8 seconds and I guess it's right, going to be the next he, one. He had the post credit scene and he'll Right be... and he and Mahershal Ali are going to be in Blade. So I'm excited. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about the post the, the post post credit scene for a second cuz the mid credit scene is whatever it's Harry Styles playing Eros it's it's I'm sure it'll be cool. Uh he's a young charismatic guy that a lot of people like i think he's a good pull for the mcu um but marshall ali playing fucking blade let's is that news yeah. to you go yeah obviously oh, i man. don't no, watch trailers so... or pay attention to information but as soon as he started talking i was like oh man i 
I loved the Blade movies. They were terrible, but I loved them. They're, they're, such, love... cult, they're such a cult classic, and they, they are like the precursor to the MCU. They were mm-hmm. like the movies that made made sense for like comic books in 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 film and so like um like more so than i think like spider-man 2 and some of like other like films that people like to credit like great superhero films prior to the mcu but like um it was just and when they announced mahershal ali as blade like the rumor was and i, th- I think this is the story this that like mahershal ali called kevin feige was like i want to be blade and he was like all right fam i got you so like perfect yeah i mean that was such a like that was such a obvious casting if it was anybody else it would be like what no call marshala and and he's got he's got wesley snipes blessing like he went on twitter and was like hey guys listen i hear you you got i would have loved to play blade again but like marshala ali's got it and when i was in the theater when 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 i was in the theater i got to the final scene and i'm like okay where's this going this is really slow and then he says he says this line and i just go oh shit is that blade and i had to like google it and be like oh god it was like i was freaking out like it was like a steady like building until i finally like confirmed it on 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 google yes like we've all been waiting for like some 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 sort of connection to blade and it's finally happening so that's pretty cool and that was when i felt like marvel kept in their back pocket like in the in the circles i existed nobody was talking about blade other than like a few comments here and there like oh this is something on the radar uh everybody's been talking about spider-man which i'm gonna give you my prediction right now don't Spider-Man care no don't want to hear it. don't want to hear it. don't want to hear it. don't even start you're not going there stop just I'm hear gonna, us stop. i want to know stop. i want to know so bad tyler just tell stop. me tell me tell me tell me tell me tell me no it's not that i i don't like i don't want to i don't want him to feed in the speculation speculation is stupid stop speculating i don't want to give you speculation here's my spec here's can i tell you what i'm speculating ethan i'm speculating my zero out of 150 wow there's no way there's no way there's no way it's gonna be there's such no a colossal shot. movie a colossal waste no, of time you no, cannot no. you cannot will, put tom will, holland in the suit without it being at least a 70 it will shit on the legacy of alfred molina as one of the greatest superhero characters of all time i don't believe yet i don't believe that i don't believe it that will, either i i i'm so unjazzed i don't even want to see it i don't want to cover it i don't want to be a part of it I don't want to be disappointed. Oh, I'm excited it. for it. That's great. Damn. So, so here's the deal: is that I will take Tyler's <laughs> no, place. No, I will on see it, James. I will record. <laughs> I, I will. I will take his place. You can find. You can find some swanky guest to come in. I'll feel important <laughs> for like ten seconds, and then Tyler can just uh, in play with his kids and drink White Claws and and not enjoy Spider Man. I would like to look straight down the camera for a second, um, listener. If you are a person right now that is opening your phone at any point in the next however long until the movie comes out to say anything, anything at all about whether or not you think that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are going to be in the movie. Stop. Log out of Twitter. I think you turn your phone off. Failure. Go outside. Eat a moon pie. Quit murdering people. Touch some grass. Stop. I think you're setting touch yourself some, up. Please, God, touch some grass. Stop talking about it. Stop worrying about it. Stop thinking about it. It doesn't matter. It can't hurt you. Skull Cow is not real, okay? It cannot hurt you. It will exist when it exists, and whatever happens, happens. It's already done. It's in the can. It's been filmed, okay? They're not going to change their minds about it. They're not going to go into reshoots on Spider-Man No Way Home because enough of you got on Twitter and it's like, I don't want Tom McGuire to be in it. I want Tom McGuire to be Shut up. Okay. There's no, I don't want Toby McGuire to be in it. Nobody's saying that, right? A lot of like, people are saying that. A lot of people are saying that. Me included. He's a bad actor. He was a bad Spider-Man. He sucks at everything. I think the only saving grace 
for uh freaking ah stupid no way home 50 out of 100 uh is to get Haley steinfeld to be in it um she's already in marvel uh, she was she was spider gwen put her in it put she more in it put nicholas cage she's, in it she's kate she's 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 kate, she's, 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 she's gemma chan was in two marvel movies Okay. Wait, which Marvel movies was she, was she in? Gemma Chan was a scroll. Oh, interesting. Gemma I didn't Chan. Gemma Chan was a scroll. And Steinfeld is the lead of the Hawkeye show. Okay, okay, fine. She shows up and Spider Gwen looks at Kate Bishop and is like, We look the same. What's that about? Spider Gwen's not going to be in the movie. Put John Mulaney in it. God, no. Sp- Spider Ham. Brian Tyree Henry. Put him in it. I, I before I ask also I want to say I, this I real just, quick. Miles Morales' dad is Jefferson Davis. Stan, did you open a history book, bro? Did you? He did I think he knew? And it was. Do you bad. think he it knew? Was bad then. It was bad then, and it's still bad now. It's and bad. I really hope that they. I really hope that they change his name in some way, shape, or form. They call him but Jeff I, in I, Spider-Man PS4. Uh, which I think is like a best case scenario. Yo, Spider-Man PS4 was Slaps. the best best Spider-Man story that we have seen ever, other, other than Into the Spider-Verse. What about the 82 years of Spider-Man comics? Have you read all of those? Those don't matter. Yes. Oh. <laughs> I have not. No, I have. So uh, the one thing I'm going to go back to, and then I'm, I'm going to ask the next question. So uh, I was just re- I just remembered the uh, the scene after Hiroshima where Fastos is like weeping over the fact that he allowed humans to, to destroy each other in that fashion. I, I thought that was incredibly moving, actually. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I thought that was like more so than like the, the other scenes where they were like witnessing the like, humanity evolving and like using it for like bad, bad things. Yeah. Um, I thought the Hiroshima scene was, was uh, a, a really moving moment between Ajax and Fastos. I really thought it was um, because even though she was like said, um, you know, you can go, she was still like connected with each character and was still sort of trying to lead them and Im- impress upon them like their um, importance and their mission, despite the fact that they weren't like immediately answering to the call. But um, I will I will ask this question, though. What do you think this has? Uh, what implications do you think this has on the MCU going forward? That an Eternal created the atomic bomb? Yeah, what are you asking? Not necessarily for that. Not for that scene. I mean, the, the movie as a whole. Oh, what, like, um, what, where do you how do you see this impacting that? Because it does. I mean. The, the fact that it's it's a installation of the MCU, they reference characters, Thor, Iron Man, Captain Rogers, like it's clearly a part of this universe. So it does have some importance and impact. I think they set this up in such a way that the next is No Way Home before Haley Steinfeld. I have no idea. Uh, no, no. That one uh, comes out the week of excuse me, Thanksgiving with a two-part opener and has four more episodes. It's like a six-part miniseries. And, and No Way Home is Christmas, I think. December 20-something, yeah. yeah. Or 19, okay. or basically the week of Christmas. With the exception of the Hawkeye series, I think they set this up right before the multiverse breaks to be like, nah, it doesn't freaking matter. Um, like, the season finale of Loki will have more of an impact on the MCU yeah. than anything ever. Sure. Uh, I think the post credit scenes in this movie have more to do with the MCU than, than the story itself. Yeah, yeah I think I feel like they learned their to... lesson with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. So, yeah, this is what I think. I think Eternals is going to end up a lot like Guardians, where, like, yes, it was part of the MCU. Yes, he's from Kansas or whatever. Uh, Missouri, but yeah. Missouri. Yeah, it's on Earth dipshit. 
I got you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> um, I think we won't see the Eternals, and I, I'm probably wrong. I think we won't see the Eternals interacting with the rest of the Avengers, so to speak, until there is a Thanos level event. And Eros might be that. Adam Warlock may be that. I don't know. Um, but I think that we'll probably have them separated a little bit because they even tackled the same stuff as Guardians Volume 2. Like, there's a celestial and we have to yeah. do something about it. Like, uh, I think it'll be a bit before they connect with with Iron Man. Because even Icarus was like, I could leave the, lead the Avengers. And they were like, Ajax didn't even want to let you lead us. Uh, which, hey, good on you, Ajax. I guess he probably freaking knew since he killed you. But yeah. <laughs> yeah um what i hope though is that they don't try to retrofit stuff you know like i don't want this to get all back to the future too where they're like oh actually the battle of new york was stopped by you know Druig. oh yeah, yeah. You know, that kind there's of thing. A, we're like, they were always around, I promise. Uh, there's a great deleted scene for Endgame where Rocket's talking to them about the Battle of New York. And he's like, you couldn't defeat the Chitari? That's like the worst army in history. Didn't you know you're just supposed to blow up the mothership and they all die? Yeah, I've seen that one. It's pretty funny. <laughs> um, I... I I mean, I, I would love to see a scene where, like, you get Fastos and Howard Stark working together on something. Yeah, something like that. But over time, like, back and back and yeah. But other than today. that, like, I hope it doesn't have anything to do. Um, I actually, I wasn't a huge fan of most of the flashbacks in this movie. Honestly, I think that they tried to go, they tried too hard with them, right? They tried to not be too fan servicey, and they tried to be a little bit too, you know, plot with them. I, and I think they missed on both accounts, right? Like, I think you could. There's a lot of opportunity for you to make little funny quips and references references here where like you know the where the where they had a lot to do with history and i don't think they do either enough or the correct ones of those like we also had a problem right there was a, there was a serious issue with the last 70 years of humanity where things really ramped up and we've oh, evolved you there, so T. much technologically where and kevin James, feige like, definitely me. approached oh, close and was like you sad day under there no circumstances bye -bye. can call for robert downey jr or chris evans to be in your movie. They'll be back, I promise. They can't be back right now. No cameos, no nothing. You can't call anyone. You can Carol Danvers can't be there. Like, none of it. You get none of it. <laughs> oh no, Ethan, Ethan is gone. We must say no words. Yeah, you can, okay. Oh, there we go. Jimbo! Hey, he's back! Hello, Sorry about Simos, that. we did it! I'm gonna make you host. Unless it already did. I don't want to talk about Aaron Rodgers to shut up. Sorry. <laughs> don't laugh at him like that, because you know he's gonna get really upset about it, and he has no, every right to be upset about it. Not what a nice little break it. we just took, dear listener, but we're back, I think. Nobody with the f so under 500 records allowed to say shit to me about Aaron Rodgers. That's what I'm deciding. Wow. Jimbo, who do you even like in the NFL? If you say Schittsburg, I swear to he's God. He's a uh, um. He's a Chiefs fan. No, my dad's a Chiefs fan. You're a Bengals we fan. We did. I was a Bengals fan. Um, I don't root for anyone right now, although I will make this promise to you right now, Ty. Um, the day that Dan the, Snyder sells the team, I will start to root for the football yeah. team. Yeah, I know. That's the yeah. that's the thing. Yeah, he I, should be he well, should be thrown out and arrested at this point. But yeah, whatever. I know it's it no, is what it is. <laughs> I I will I will root for the Washington football team when Dan Snyder's no longer the owner because I root for all Washington sports at this point in my life and it's gonna stay that way until I die. So I'm just gonna do that to make it simple for myself. I don't care how good they are. I really just don't care because football is one about, of those things. It's not about just, how good they are. I just want to see good football. Like right now, I enjoy watching just. I don't care about rivalries. I don't care about anything. Like I, I'll tell you this: 
Across the board, even with crap teams, the league has been good football this year. What were we talking about when I That's had what my I was saying. interruption? Welcome back to the show, everybody. For those of you listening, it's been only a few moments for us in real time. It was like 20 minutes. Like 20 minutes, but we're back. I don't know what we were talking about, uh, if it so, was important. So the, the question I posed to you before we before we broke off was that uh, if you saw this, like, how did you see this uh this movie impacting the the MCU and you both said not really. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like I think, I think no way home will break everything. I really don't want multiverse of madness to break everything. I'm really not super interested in a multiverse story. I'm obviously not going to get my wish there. I hope they prove me wrong. Uh, but what was great about the first 12 years of Marvel was that it wasn't predicated on nostalgia. It was predicated on like introducing new stories to me. And my fear with the acquisition of, of Sony over the next few years, that's my prediction, is that... God, I hope not. I know. But rather than preying on Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans, they're going to prey on Toby and Andrew. And Spider-Man will lead the MCU... Because, like, if you're Marvel, getting Spider-Man back is the thing. And then, like, we will get a Fantastic Four movie that's worth its shit. No, we won't. I think we will. These characters are uninteresting. It's the first family of Marvel. I really like the original Fantastic Four movie. Yeah. Uh, to this day, I thought it was good. Um, if they bring Chris Evans back as Reed Richards, I'm... They would bring him back played. as the human torch. Whatever he played. <laughs> <laughs> so, so It does not compute my, to me that Johnny Storm is the human torch. My, I'll, so, say, I'll say this. Do you, did you see the Power Rangers movie? No. I do want to see it, though. Because I want to see what it was like. So the Power Rangers movie is important when it comes to talking about the MCU. Because the end of the Power... I haven't seen it. But the end of the Power Rangers movie, they bring every single Power Rangers team that there ever was in for like a final fight. And that was great for the Power Rangers movie. Like, do whatever you're going to do. Like, they have like all the way from like Mighty Morphin to Dino Force to like everything. Yeah, it was cool. That's fine for the Power Rangers movie. You straight up cannot do that to me with the MCU. I don't want to see... Toby and Andrew. I don't want to see Jessica Alba. I don't want to see Ben Affleck as Daredevil. I don't, like, I don't want it. Yeah, I don't need Chris Evans versus Chris Evans. I don't. So, so I yeah. think I think f- if it's temporary, like if it's a like a like a reference, you know, or an Easter egg, or even if it's just like one scene, I think that that's fine. Like if, I think, hold on. I, I think that's, that I, that's how you carry on Stanley's legacy is to have cameos from previous marvel actors and everything moving forward fine i'm cool with it like it's it's a it's a it's a a privilege you're afforded by opening the door to the multiverse to be able to say these characters existed in different iterations and we can use them to demonstrate how these characters exist in other universes like i think that that's a fine thing to do um but what i'm mostly confused about now is that when we started to get the beginnings of the MCU, we at least understood the direction it was going in. So we got this understanding that Iron Man's here and then Nick Fury shows up and says, I want to talk to you about the Avengers. And then we understand that it's going towards the Avengers. And then at the end of Avengers, we get Thanos. And like it it builds up for years. Right now, we really don't have that direction. And but, we but have phase so many one different. Marvel, hold on, hold on. I want to say this. Phase one Marvel, sure. Avengers, everything had to line up, right? But phase one Marvel, Nick Fury introduces himself to Edward Norton and Robert Downey Jr., okay? 
Those movies, the rules of them, the stories of them didn't have to logically line up. If there were inconsistencies, if there were, like in my mind, those were two universes and then when we make Avengers, Robert Downey Jr. is playing a different character. Mark Ruffalo is playing a different character. And that's not end up what it being happening. What happened was the character from those movies, like we were seeing different perspectives of the same story. But but do you know what I mean? Like there are characters from different universes playing the same character in the Avengers movie. I would love for them to 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 retcon the Mark Ruffalo Hulk. They- they did. Uh, one of the, like the first episodes of, I think it was the first episode of What If. They, I was actually upset about this. They had Mark Ruffalo do the parts from. I think it's the second episode from Incredible Hulk in the uh, the scene where they're at Virginia Tech. It's not Virginia Tech. It's like Central Virginia Engineering School. Right. No, I, I get but you. But no, I, I mean like in the in, like the the movies like for them to like that would be kind of cool i mean they're in the same universe they had to they recast them because of things but it would be really cool if they did that what i'm saying is like when avengers came out as a crossover event is the jimmy timmy power hour the rules of each individual universe of those characters (laughs) didn't matter what an incredible piece of television (laughs) but it was a crossover event nothing's a crossover (laughs) event anymore we have to this is my problem with reading comics is every time i'm like you know what i'm gonna read comics this eternal movies was awesome I want to watch, I want to read everything the Eternals have ever been in. And you can buy for like $8 on on Kindle, the Eternals written by Jack Kirby from the 80s. I will probably do that and read it. But if you read a superhero comic that comes out in 2021, everything is a crossover because there's no way this world can exist where any sort of cataclysmic event happens where not multiple heroes show up. Sure. And that's the problem with the MCU. That's where we've gotten is that there's too many hero level characters. My my thing is that like so we we sort of had a clear direction of where things are going and now they are spending a lot of time setting up. Well, first off, they're they're processing the events of in Avengers Endgame. So like, which is good. Wand, WandaVision was like a, 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 a sort of in that that way, and then they are setting up new characters in the Eternals. They're processing things from um, uh, Falcon Winter Soldier was a process of all of that time. Um, Loki was sort of a setup, you know, a setup movie. So like they're setting up a lot of stuff and they're processing things that have already happened. So we don't necessarily know where we're going in the sense that like we have a clear direction of what we're building towards. So right now we're getting a lot of like, well, maybe there's going to be a Young Avengers. Maybe there's going to be a Dark Avengers. There's going to be a multiverse. There there's will definitely be, be a Dark Avengers. <laughs> There's, there's. They have be like a, a Captain America. They have a Scarlet Witch. They have a a a, a Hulk. They, have, I mean, like there will one hundred percent. That is what Elaine is doing in the MCU. Sure, is, sure. Is no, putting, I, like, I, I get it. Yeah. But it's, Evil it's, Avengers it's, it's, is coming. Right, right. <laughs> but is it is it going to be an Evil Avengers against the Avengers? Is it going to be another Civil War level conflict? Um, I don't know. Um, but I'm really excited about the possibilities. Um, and it's with the movies and projects that are confirmed right now, I feel like there's so much, um, so much potential, but what I'm scared of, and I think the Eternals is starting to make me feel like, is that we're going to have so much content that more projects are going to inevitably be of lesser quality to the, the, the consumer. And we'll have some things that are going to be like 90 plus on Rotten Tomatoes and everyone's going to love them and they're going to make $300 million at the box office and all that stuff. And then we're going to have stuff like Eternals where like it does really well because it's a big budget movie and it's got lots of people in it that people know, but it's not going to be great. 
like as far See, as the like uh, widespread love of the film. Like th- this so, movie was so great in so many ways, but not there's, critically there's a, like the other ones. There's a couple things I think you've said here. Eternals, I think maybe not immediately, will have a big impact on the MCU. You can't have intrinsic magic and superhero powers, DC style, that don't have an impact on the MCU because we really don't have a ton of that except for like Scarlet Witch and, and stuff like, like everybody else. Those aren't powers. even intrinsic powers, though. What are you talking about? Those Who's are right? Mindstone powers. You're right. You're yeah, right. Yeah, she was. She was. They were imbued into uh, her being. That will matter. That will at some point matter. That, that like that exists. Yeah. Um. What we don't have. What I think you were saying Eternals is, and what it isn't is Ant Man. Ant Man was the Infinity Saga small scale superhero flick. Like this impacts Scott Lang and his family and some defense contractors. This is not cataclysmic. This is not world ending. The final battle takes place in a child's bedroom. Ant-Man did that. Ant-Man and the Wasp did that as well. It went a little bit bigger, but it did it Until as well. they time travel with the Pym particle. Until they time travel with the Pym particle. Yeah. But like Eternals is bigger than Ant-Man. There is now a small continent because of Eternals. It's a huge deal. Eternals should have been Ant-Man. That's what we said earlier on, was that, like, you don't need a celestial to be living inside the Earth. That's a big problem. That, like, at Earth's core, there's a celestial. Not anymore, I guess. She turned it to stone. Uh... Sidebar, we haven't talked about this. She turned one of the other one of the other deviants into a tree in what I thought was like the coolest thing. That tree that she turns it into looks yeah. very cool. Right, but they don't explain how or why it's possible. This because is why it should she have has, been a show. This could have been Grogu no, 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 no. sitting on a rock I, for like I, I a third of the episode. I wholeheartedly disagree. I'm taking an Ethan stance right here, and I firmly believe this. Making Loki the linchpin to phase four of the MCU was a mistake. A huge mistake. I shouldn't have to watch the shows. So you're saying that the show shouldn't be connected to the movies and vice versa? Correct. I'm saying Loki should have been a movie. Oh. If you're going to make it a linchpin like that, I think Falcon and the Winter Soldier and uh, WandaVision perfectly fine shows maybe a little bit more involved than what we saw from the netflix shows and agents of shield where there is impact in the films and it's like added context if you've seen the shows there will be a movie in the mcu that comes out unwatchable unless you've seen loki unwatchable unless you've seen loki yes and that i think is the problem okay i mean because, the marvels because is gonna that's be that where way you're, because you're, you're introducing a, a tv character two tv characters in with a movie character monica rambo was a movie character. Yeah. She was in she was in WandaVision though. Yes, Correct. But she was a movie character she got first. Set, but she was a movie character first. She was her, a pole her character mo- for her, WandaVision, not her, a her introduction. Mom, her mom her mom was the, the character in the movie, although she was a child. So yeah, I No no, no. I, what I, happened I was point. imagine this, James. Imagine Thanos was introduced and explored in Agents of Shield. Which would have been sick, but continue. It would not have been sick. It would have been would not have been sick. I have to watch network TV to understand what's going on in Infinity War. Not sick. I sure, like Agents okay. of Shield. It's got heart. It's got Fitzsimmons, which it should is the be greatest thing in the history of television. But it should be removed from the canon. It, it's yeah. like, it technically, it technically has been. Hasn't it been pulled off of? Uh, of Feige uh, has Disney not Plus? said it. Feige hasn't said yeah, it. Yeah, the, the Netflix canon. shows have been, but I don't think Agents of Shield has. Also I think Disney they will. Plus? Here's my theory on uh, Agents of Shield. I don't know if it's on Disney Plus. They will kill Agents of Shield as canon so that they can recast Ming Na Wen. Period. I agree with you there. But, but I, I've been <laughs> like, seeing a lot. Of, that's all I've they'll been, do. <laughs> I've been seeing a lot of. Inter- internet rumors that they're going to bring quake into the the mcu i think they with with the multiverse breaking they can with they can Chloe decanonize ben. they can decanonize mcu 616 and bring in quake it's fine 
Yeah, and I've been seeing a lot of internet rumors that they're going to bring 800 characters from the Star Wars cartoons into the book of Boba Fett. Who knows what they're going to do? I have no idea. I'm just very, I'm just very happy. Star Wars canon is completely different. And Star Wars runs into this problem a lot where like the books, the shows, everything multimedia is canon. I just finished a Star Wars book today. That's fantastic. I mean, it was amazing. I read Lost Stars. Listener, if you haven't read Lost Stars and you like the Star Wars extended universe, fantastic. Amazing. The best Star Wars novel I've read. And I've read a fair few now. Although I'm... It's just a sidebar. Kindle needs to stop gaslighting me and be like, the average reader reads this in four and four hours and 30 minutes. And then three pages in, it's like, you have seven hours and 12 minutes remaining. Shut up. I don't need to know. <laughs> I don't need to know. Uh, I look at the, I look at the time remaining in my like Kindle books. That's like massive pressure. Yeah, I look at the time remaining in my Kindle books like I look at the, the time on the GPS. No, I just, listen. Like, I gotta beat I'm it. A, I am the most defensive driver in the world. I always hit exactly what the GPS says. As soon as I get in the car, if it's like it'll take you four hours and twelve minutes, it's gonna take me exactly four hours and twelve minutes. Uh Ethan uses the horn. I used the horn the other day and I felt so bad about it. I, I sat at a stop. I, I sat at a green light for like a minute and a half because the person in front of me wouldn't go. And then I was like, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I you probably I, <laughs> I lived in Pittsburgh and in DC. Both of both places are definitely places where you use your horn. So I have learned to use my horn very aggressively, uh, much to the rest of my family's disfavor. I didn't hug at somebody the other day and I missed a green light because of it. Like the dude literally sat there for the entire light cycle. No excuse. No reason. I want to. Okay. Let me circle back. The book I finished today explains why there's a Star Destroyer on Jakku at the beginning of The Force Awakens. I love the way that they explained it. I loved everything about it. My problem is, is if... Is if Kathleen Kennedy, Kathleen Kennedy comes in and says, I want to do a movie about the Battle of Jakku, which I think would be great. Super excited about it. It has to follow line for line the story of Lost Stars, because if it doesn't, then the book is no longer canon. And a lot of the like the book takes place over (sighs) two years BBY all the way through the Battle of Jakku. And if everything doesn't match up perfectly, there's your problem. Now, if it matches up perfectly, I'm totally cool with it. Let's make the movie. Kathleen Kennedy, call me. Kathleen Kennedy, call me. I know you don't know me, and I'm a guy that makes podcasts, but I will gladly direct your feature-length Star Wars movie. You don't have to cast me as the director. Just like, this guy was an extra in Lost Stars, the movie. Like, I don't want Marvel to have that problem. And the TV shows with a variety of different directors, they're doing the right thing in that, like, like the Star Wars shows, it's very weird that they do it this way, have, like, ten directors per show, or per episode, or per, per season. Which I like that they do. It allows you to get a whole bunch of different perspectives. The Marvel shows have one director for the entire season. Which I think the way they have to do it. Because there's so much potential for error here. Yeah. And eventually it's going to intermingle with the comics. And you're going to have to have read the comics. Or you're going to have to have read a book. Or you're going to have to have seen a TV show. And that is only a bad thing. It's only a bad thing. I want it to be a movie experience. That was what was so great about the Infinity Saga. Was that I didn't have to watch there were supplemental articles there were supplemental pieces to it you could oh i wonder what new york was like for some of the smaller heroes let's watch marvel or netflix's daredevil series which slapped totally down with it yep season three was amazing also if they want to bring charlie cox back as daredevil it doesn't have to be that character because they broke the multiverse they can do whatever they want uh but yeah you need to see loki to understand phase four is a problem that's how i feel about it so when i was when i was applying for graduate school uh, you had to do like your applications, right? Your applications were like your resume and it was like a statement and your uh, like grades, which like 
I was like ashamed every time I had to submit my grades. Like, oh God. I, I wouldn't. I straight you, up wouldn't. You, I've, yeah. I've like thought about going to grad school and if they were like, oh, send us your transcript from your undergrad, I just simply wouldn't send it. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you would do all that. So, but, but, and then a fee, like money, you had to pay the money for you to apply. Um, the best the best application that I ever did was the Carnegie Mellon application. It was the one that mattered. Um, and uh, it was, a, it was all of those things, except they added an additional 250 words and a video, a video you had to achieve specific things. There was a prompt and you had to follow the prompt. What I was really hoping that the Marvel shows were so, so the movies were, were the statement that you had to, you know, your, your uh, statement, about who you were and like that went along with your application. And in that Carnegie Mellon application, they asked you for an additional 250 words of anything you wanted to write about. And it was optional. And the way that I approached it was that I took a sentence from my statement and I expanded on it. And so I, what I really wanted the shows to be were the extra 250 words about the idea from my main paper um, and for them to expand upon a character or a story arc or something in between these two earth shattering events. Right. Um, and so far I feel like they've done that to some extent, I but think, I think, but I think WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier do that. Yes. That's what I'm, that's what I'm about to say is that I feel like the first two shows did that. Now we have to see if what you're saying is true, that if the, there are going to be shows or excuse me, movies that are completely reliant on the fact that you saw Loki, I think and I think Spider-Man here's my prediction. Spider-Man No Way Home will probably explain it on its own because it's a Sony property and they're going to be like, "Oh, we want to make sure that we bring people in." By the time we get to Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, you'll have to be in. But will they explain it in a way that like you will they explain it in a way that you understand from Spider-Man and then they say, "Oh, there's another character that we missed. Let me go back and watch this and it still makes sense to me." Especially since especially since Loki was cut in half because of the pandemic. That's the other thing, too, is that Loki should have been finished by now, but they've cut it in half because production was disrupted by the pandemic. I think also when they were filming Loki, they were like, this show slaps. Let's 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 stretch this baby out. Uh, they I mean, definitely yes, the stre- stretched it out in ways that like were not great. Like the whole the, the singular episode of them on a planet that's about to blow up like. I felt like it was filler a complete episode. waste of time. You don't get a, yeah. yeah, you don't get a filler episode in season one. That's a that's a yeah. Well, that was a great rule. episode though. <laughs> that was a great episode though. Well, oh, one hundred out of one hundred, there was a train. <laughs> oh, that's there was right. A there was train. a train. That's right. Hey, there's there's a train in in Spider Man No Way Home, and then and it turns into like four trains. Just saying, you should be does he stop, excited. Does, to, are we going to see Tom Holland stop a train? I just don't know that I'm ready for that. No, we're going to see Doctor Strange turn one train into like four trains. Well, that's going to be cool. It's going to be also, cool. Also, I'm sorry. We have to go back to the Doctor Strange movie, and you have to remake it. You you do. It's not good enough. You have to do better at that movie. <laughs> because if Doctor Strange is going to be the, the cornerstone moving forward, Loki and Do- like you gave Dr. Loki a TV show, cool. We get a little bit more. Nobody watched Thor of the Dark World. Fine. Doctor Strange the movie is not good enough. I don't know what the mirror dimension is. I don't feel confident about this. Thanks for listening to Bacon and Eggs. We have enough listener reviews to do some listener scores. We sure do. Uh, Just to recap, I gave this movie a 91. Ethan a 70. Rotten Tomatoes a 40. Metacritic of 52 and 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 Jimbo here gave it a what was that as a 40 40 40 <coughs> Ethan's 
calculating the listener score right now. It is a I'm 76. 76. Um, 76. I will say, I think, I think given this conversation, 91 is probably a little higher than how I feel about it, but obviously I locked in. I can't change my score. Um, I appreciate your, I, well, yeah, obviously. And I, and I appreciate your perspective. I love this movie. I love that it exists. I think for a lot of people, it'll be their favorite Marvel movie. And I'm super glad about that. It's very different. It's very fun. Um, and I really liked it. And I stand by really liking it. And I think the more I watch it, the more I like it. That's the point I wanted to make was the more I You say I like, that about more... every single Marvel movie we ever watch on this show. No, no, but this is for a different reason. I think this is sort of like a Star Wars prequels thing where it's like, eventually I'll forgive all the dumb shit that they did in this movie and everybody will. And it will become like this sort of cult classic favorite where... Like, you forget all the dumb stuff and you forget the lack of character development because you've seen it so many times that you're like, oh, these characters are well-developed. I love them, even though they're not. It gives it a and I think the score. CGI will age like crap. I do think that. It is definitely not uh, freaking... Uh, uh, why did that give me a percentage? Don't give me a percentage there. What formula is running a percentage? Uh, it gives it a 71 bacon and egg score, rounded up from 70.75, which is the lowest of the year. Uh, as a reminder, School of Rock is at number one right now with a bacon and egg score of 94. Dune at 80, and Eternals, uh, is at a 71, rounded up from 70.75. Interesting. Where's this? Where does this? land for mcu films do we know uh no because well it's it's tough to say because year one when several we did most seasons, of the MCU, right? yeah year, year one when we did like the first 18 of them is organized by how we ranked them as we went and not the scores we gave them during a year right. four hash browns yeah. um that being said in the mcu for reference uh it's but very roughly sketching it out. Uh, Iron Man three got an eighty five from us, and Thor got a sixty eight, and those are forty three and forty five from year one. So it would be between those. Um, that beats from that year: Thor, Ant Man and the Wasp, and Iron Man two, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume two, Thor: The Dark World, and The Incredible Hulk. If it's added to canon, it also beats Deadpool two. Uh, Ant Man and the Wasp, featuring yours truly, only available on Spotify and iTunes and everywhere you get everywhere you can get your podcasts (laughs) yes uh cool I'm gonna save the score we gave it we didn't do that in years past but we're gonna do that now that way if we need to update things or or revisit scores later on we have it uh Ethan you ready to wrap the show yeah Bacon and Eggs is a production of the WBNE podcast network for this show and more shows like it you can head to WBNE.org or search for any of our great shows on any podcatcher anywhere you find podcasts anywhere podcasts are sold or given away for free if you find somewhere that's selling podcasts let us know we'd like a cut at that uh, <laughs> but uh, you can go to patreon.com slash bacon and eggs to get access to unedited episodes of bacon and eggs and uh, great bonus content like the hash browns and other stuff that we do oh my gosh bacon and eggs is so great I love it that's what you're saying right now as you're signing up for patreon uh, you can if you want more of James you can find him on the internet uh, anywhere James Swindells are sold or given away for free um, and you can find him on several episodes of bacon and eggs most recently the tombstone episode that we did while Tyler was having a child yeah tombstone Ant-Man the Wasp the Eternals and uh, another episode when Tyler and Ethan say come on down come on or down if, James you're you, on the price is right tomorrow tell Drew Carey I said hi hey Drew Carey and his beard if you like this show and you want to listen to another great podcast, you should check out Perspective Z. It's hosted by two Gen Z hosts who just kind of give their perspective on the world. They're fantastic. They're funny. They're nice. They're accepting. They're 
open. They are also now both legally adults, which is a little weird to think about. Uh, Perspective Z, there's a preview for it right here. Have you ever wondered what Gen Z was thinking while half the generation was eating Tide Pods? Or what those gosh darn kids are up to these days? Well, then you should check out our podcast, Perspective Z, hosted by me, Rachel. And me, Katrina. We discuss pop culture, politics, and everything in between, and give you our perspective as two Gen Z ladies trying to figure out our place in the world. Listen along to hear our thoughts and opinions as we gear up for college and beyond. So make sure to check out new episodes of Perspective Z every Monday on the WBNE Network at WBNE.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Now on Spotify. Toodles! Neato! Uh, this has been another episode of Bacon and Eggs. Our graphics are by Vaishan Brandon. Vaishan Designs on Instagram. Our music is by Andrew Scott Bell. AndrewScottBellMusic.com um, For us, you can find us on the internet at Bacon and Eggs Pod. And James, you can find it on the internet uh, at Jim Swindell on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and James, do you have any final thoughts? Any questions, comments, death threats? No, I definitely no death threats. No, Good. thank you so much for having me on the pod again. I really appreciate it. Um, to all your friends and uh, pod, pod listeners out there, be safe. Uh, be sure to wear a mask get a vaccination if you are able to and uh, be sure to register to vote if you haven't already. Yeah, CDC recommends wearing a mask whenever you listen to podcasts, especially if you're in your own home. Podcasts are known to be dangerous, more dangerous even than rattlesnakes. I would not lick my microphone if I were not me. Like, if you came into my home and you were like, actually, Mary Clay's going to stay in this room in a couple weeks. Mary Clay, do not lick the microphone. I would not lick my microphone, and I am me. On that bombshell, it's time to leave. Uh, my name is Ethan Edshield. That's James Swindell. That's Tyler Carlin. Until next time, Ariva Derchi. Hey, Jack.